0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of We Run This, the podcast made for every runner. This week, we're joined by Naya Tapper. After earning All American track and field honors in high school, Naya started her rugby career at UNC Chapel Hill. As a professional, Naya is the all time leading scorer for the U.S. Women's Eagles. She earned a silver medal at the 2017 Dubai Sevens Tournament, a gold medal at the 2019 Baritz Olympique Pace Basque easy for you to say, and a silver medal at the 2019 Pan American Games. Nia's infectious personality and honesty has made her the face of USA women's rugby. In this episode, Nia and I talk on her recovery day about her years as a high school runner, her transition from track star to rugby star, her approach to training and running even on the days she doesn't want to get out of bed, and the public's misconceptions about women's rugby. So without further ado... We Run This presents Naya Tapper. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of We Run This. Uh, this week, it's just me. I'm flying solo. Nick is not here. But I do have a guest because no one wants to hear me talk by themselves, by myself for 40 minutes. So I have Naya Tapper with me. Naya, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, anytime. Um, here's my first question, and I feel like I should start asking this to all of our guests, but I think it really makes a difference and, and resonates with you. So you started, uh, you ran track and field in high school and college, correct? Not in college, Not in college just in, in high school. middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Middle school and high school, and then you started playing rugby. Yeah. Okay. So my question, my first question would be, do you love to run or does running love you?
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think I'd say running loves me. Okay. <laughs> like I feel like it's in my genetics. Okay. So for me, it's like something I have happened to be good at. So okay. I try my best to take advantage of it.
0: Well, okay. So let's talk about that because I mean, we talk about uh on the podcast a lot about how there are people who love to run and there are people who are just really good at running but Mm -hmm. I feel like if you if you love to run and you go and start running you might not always be that good but you're going to keep it keep it up but even if you love to run there's there's things that like people are really great at that they don't still don't do yeah so you kind of so so you're really good at it so what made you transition from track and field to rugby
1: Um, just because rugby entailed a lot more different skills than just running. Mm -hmm. So because I wasn't in love with running, but it was something I was good at, being able to focus my attention on other skills while also running, Mm -hmm. you kind of forget, I kind of forget that I'm running. Mm -hmm. So that hate, that hate really isn't there because I'm thinking about other skills that I'm having to, do on the field
0: so so what you're saying is uh you don't hate running as much as long as you're doing something else yeah distraction (laughs) how long do you think you would have you could last not like uh not your stamina or anything but if someone was like go run how long do you think you could do it before you're just bored shitless
1: (laughs) uh i'd probably say three
0: miles three miles yeah would you would you give it your all or would you just be like i just want to get this over with
1: just a jog (laughs) and that's (laughs) it I don't feel like you should go all out in anything that's past like two hundred. But but you
0: do run. I mean, and in, in the typical rugby game, like how much do you run? Would you estimate in the typical game?
1: Um, I'm not so sure in a game, but um, in practice, some days we're running three to seven miles. Okay. And a lot of that is like, for me personally, short bursts. Uh-huh. and then some jog in between short bursts jog in between so even then like i'm so occupied with training that i don't realize how much i've actually ran got you. yeah uh,
0: let's go back to the, the the transition i mean how does i mean was rugby big in your town like how did how did you go from like what happened where where did you go
1: so rugby wasn't big at all but weirdly my high school had a rugby team Um, We had a math teacher who used to play it and our school, our high school was a predominantly um, black school. So Mm -hmm. we had a white male who used to play rugby, come to that school as a math teacher and he brought the sport to that school. Um, And that's kind of where it blossomed and where I had my first introduction to it. Not Mm -hmm. that I played in high school, but that I just Learned about a new sport that involved contact and all these other fun things, along with running, which was something I was doing in high school and was
2: very good at.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I feel like uh, in high school, this happens a lot. If you have a teacher that's kind of good at something, like the school will let you do it as long as someone knows what they're doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you wanna you start a rugby team? Yeah, sure. It's like, oh, you can yeah. build Lego castles? Yeah, sure, go ahead, do, go do that. It's like, as long yeah. as you keep the kids occupied after school for like an extended period of time, you can get the okay to do that. Yeah. So exactly we're, what, what was the initial reaction like when you told family and friends that you wanted to play rugby?
1: Um, So when I found out about it in high school, I told my track coach. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the only person I expressed my interest in the Mm -hmm. sport to. Um, And his first response was absolutely not, (laughs) just because of the stereotype (laughs) behind rugby about how aggressive and rough it can be and how injury prone it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that wasn't something that he was interested in, one of his star track runners, putting their body into right so that was my first experience with expressing interest it was kind of a shoot down automatically and I was okay with it back then because I didn't I wasn't I didn't have love for it. I didn't know anything I didn't know about rugby so it wasn't it didn't feel like I was missing out on anything
2: right
1: and then um when I got to college um I told my mom I wanted to play and she was all about it so as oh, long really? as she yeah which is wow. weird, because a lot of playing at, in college, I noticed a lot of parents who weren't very accepting of their daughters playing
0: uh-huh. um,
1: rugby, but most of the time, the girls did it anyway. Huh. Yeah.
0: You know what I find interesting, and I feel like we do this with a lot of stuff, uh, the first person you decided to tell when you wanted to play rugby was the one person who was probably going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> I didn't set myself up good with that <laughs> Did you think it was because maybe they would say no and it would give you your coach would say no and it would give you the out or like
1: No, I just felt like I needed permission for him just in terms of um time and right. being able to do the sport if he did say yes and also do track and field.
0: Got yeah. Um yeah. so uh so you go to college and you start playing in college. Uh what was the first thing you noticed the differences between track and then playing rugby full-time
1: um the uniform or like what you train in okay so like track and field Mm -hmm. oh go ahead sorry doesn't say
0: what are you training like what do you train in anything do you train in what you wear on the field or is it more like
1: so track and field like for us you wore compression shorts sports Mm -hmm. bra and um track pleats Mm -hmm. like the bare minimum amount of clothing as light Mm -hmm. as you can be and then in when i came to my first rugby training and that type of training gear Uh i was out of place because everybody had on compression shorts but they had on rugby shorts over it and rugby Uh shorts are usually like bigger not very flattering to the um body back then Uh, Uh now girls women have made shorts that look a lot better but back then Uh unflattering shorts compression shorts a t-shirt like you were especially during the winter like you had long sleeves you had sweatpants you had a jacket a rain jacket like just so heavy and clothes which was so <laughs> different <laughs> so it was definitely like a shocker that was I think for me does that take a while to get used to
0: the like wearing more clothing when you're training
1: um not so much but i think the main thing is like the lack of creativity you're allowed to have
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: when we do um have rugby games like everybody's wearing the same thing it's very clean not showy but in track and field like your goal is to get the most vibrant out of this world outfit Mm -hmm. and everybody can dress to their personality. And you don't really get to show that um, through your clothing in rugby. You kind of just have to show that through your play.
0: Well, I feel like the, the track and field thing, I mean, I, I'm assuming women modeled themselves after like Flojo and people that came before them who were very showy. And then when you're in yeah. rugby, there, there wasn't that, I mean, not that I know of, has there ever been any like showy female players Right? So maybe you got to be the first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you have girls now who, like, will do a lot with their hair.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Like, the braids and the colors and the scrunchies and the bows. Like, that's kind of um, what's been our only outlet so far. But me, I don't have long hair, so it's, like, Uh no Uh scrunchie, none of that. Like, you just kind of got to suck it up. Are
0: there rules to that, like, uniform rules or, like, hair rules or...
1: Um, I don't think so. No.
0: So yeah. I guess, I guess people, they'll figure it out. Like when someone does something and the league is
1: like, no, <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah, then it'll like, be. Yeah. Do it and ask for forgiveness later type of thing.
0: Can you wear your own cleat? Like own cleats, you all have to wear the same cleats.
1: How does that work? Oh, you can wear your own cleats. So that's probably okay. another way of being able to, you know, show off your personality, whether your cleats are brighter or sleeker. Mm -hmm. But also, it depends on your sponsorships and stuff. If you have a certain sponsorship, maybe you can only wear a certain type of cleat.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Back to the the running part, and actually all the sports part. A lot of the times on the the podcast, we talk about how uh, a lot of the running, and with most sports, it's mental. It's getting, like, up for, you know, running or whatever you have to do. Do you ever find yourself sometimes mentally, you're just, like, not into it? Probably like every other day. (laughs) Okay, perfect. (laughs) So let's talk about how you, because that's a lot. Every other day, (laughs) like some people have found on here, they're like, no, I
1: never do it. Like, uh, you know, but let's talk about it. So how do you talk yourself up? Um, I just try to give myself time limits. So because I've done it in the past, it's like, okay, now you're like, it's only an hour. It's only 30 minutes of your day.
2: Mm -hmm. Once
1: that's done, like, you'll be happy about, the fact that you were able to motivate yourself to do it and that you got a good workout and just those hormones that come from running and working out so i just try to think of that and just be like okay you'll be done in an hour like Mm -hmm. you you'll be fine just go do it and then the quicker you do it the quicker you're done Mm
0: -hmm. have you ever really not been into it one day and ended up having like the best game or practice that you've had in a while That happens a lot to me. Like I won't be into a run and then I'll have a great run but then the next day I'll be super ready to go and it'll be awful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure. I've never really thought about it in that way. I have never like looked at it from that aspect. Um, But I I can say like if I was having a bad day after working out I felt a lot better.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you
0: have any like pre-practice or pre-game routines that you kind of do?
1: Stretching and like listening to music. That's probably like a big motivator for me. I run a lot faster and I perform a lot well um, in training, like gym sessions or running miles if I have music in my ear. What do you listen to? Everything. So like I listen to like modern day hip hop right now R&B, old school R&B, um, that's about it. I guess that's not everything, but like <laughs> it feels like everything to me.
0: Okay, let's do this. I might put you on the spot here, but like what's one song that's on your iPod that you're always like, oh God, if anybody ever heard that song <laughs> on my iPod,
2: <laughs> um, one
0: song they just kept you pumped up, but like people would probably make fun of you for it. I have one, I'll let you go first.
1: Okay, uh, let me think. That's hard. Um, I feel like I wouldn't be ashamed from any for any of them.
0: Not so much ashamed, but you're, It kind of like doesn't fit into anything else that you Problems. have.
1: Maybe like I put your picture away by Chris Rock. I think it is a uh, Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Yeah. Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow yeah i was like chris rock
0: <laughs> i put your picture away <laughs> that was a terrible chris rock conversation but i'm trying it anyway i'd like to okay yeah. so that could that you could work out to that
1: yeah because for me it's a, it's another distraction so that is oh, like a okay. singing song so mm-hmm. being able to sing that and be distracted from the fact that i'm running or working out it mm-hmm. just i just go go go
0: are you a singer like will you sing out while songs are on that you're listening to yeah like when they're in your ears okay
1: yeah not so much running just because of the energy I'm having to exert during that but
0: (laughs) weightlifting sessions for sure Uh like loud in the middle of a gym
1: (laughs) yeah every day we lift we put on music and we're just jamming and going through the motions of our life it's good so you just have earplugs in, and you're just like, I put
0: your picture away. <laughs> either like, that, or <laughs> either that, or we'll have it like on the stereo. Uh, uh-huh. is there anyone yeah. on the is there anyone on the team that insists on putting their iPod on and it's terrible?
2: Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, 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 you can put them on blast go ahead <laughs> whoever like gets on there and plays country music the whole okay. time like it's horrible that's I'd fair. say maybe Kirsch I feel like Kirsch would play country music the whole time it's mm-hmm. bad. I'll give you one of the songs
0: that's like a guilty pleasure of mine that's on my iPod uh, Freedom by George Michael that's a good run uh, Freedom I won't let you down
1: Freedom
0: okay, I got it. It's you. like, I mean, I know I'm singing it beautifully. that You can tell, tell what it is. Well, I was about <laughs> to say, you seem like
1: you have some form of a good voice.
0: Uh, was bad. I'm I'm a little bit below average. I used to do, like, school plays and stuff, but I was always that's, in chorus. That's above average. No, no, I was always in chorus. Like, I was in the back where they're like, let this guy's got kind of deeper voice, put him in the back, and, like, don't let anybody hear him. And, like, I was always good at smiling. Like, one time I was in uh, a show. And like, I guess the people who were next to me weren't doing as well. This was in high school. And they're like, look at Chris, watch what Chris is doing, which as soon as anyone does that, like, you know, that like in sports too, like as soon as a coach is like, watch this, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do it. Well, yeah. like, that's what happened there. I was like, watch Chris's face. And I was like, <laughs> and, like laughing, and like, happy. But then when I felt everybody like staring at me, like I felt really stupid. So, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, so I was always like the, where the hell did we start with that? Oh, the singing. (laughs) I was like, how did we get on that (laughs) topic? Uh, Yeah, so the singing thing. But uh, the George Michael song, Freedom, is always, I'm going to splice it in here while we're talking, so I can play in case anybody doesn't know. Because sometimes I'm shocked, like, what songs people know and what they don't.
1: Yeah. See, that's my thing. I don't really know the names and the artists. But if you play a song, I'll be able to sing to it and know the lyrics, for sure.
0: You'd probably know it. I was actually talking to, I do another podcast where I was talking to a, a professional wrestler and I didn't realize he was born in 1996 so we were talking about like music and like what he listens to and he was like he's like I don't know sometimes I'll go old school like like the first Bieber album or something and I was like old, old school is the first Bieber album okay I think he was he was half joking like he was in character but yeah <laughs> uh, so um Yeah, so music sometimes does it for me. Um, Another thing that maybe you do uh, that I know a lot of other athletes that I talk to, uh, once you start, like, when you get a routine, once you start doing the things that you always do, it kind of just, like, you go on autopilot. Yeah, Yeah, it goes on autopilot, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, like, you can do the one thing, like, okay, if I just lace up my sneakers, I know I'm going to go out there. Like, if I just, you know, do whatever it
2: so. Mm -hmm
0: how have you been able to keep yourself motivated during COVID?
1: Um, So I've had like training partners. Okay. So kind of how you said of as long as I tie my shoes, I go work out for me, it was as long as I drive to my friend's house, right. We're going to make sure that we get the workout done. so eventually that became a habit and it Mm -hmm. was like, it was instinct just to get up, go do the workout, and then know you have the rest of the day to relax. So I, I didn't need much motivation after it became um, a part of my everyday routine. Mm-hmm. So it, you, it was good. Have
0: you ever had it where you were the one that was ready to work out and somebody else wasn't?
1: Oh, really? Yeah, for uh-huh. sure. Like <laughs> I, they'll be like, Oh, I was going to call and say, I didn't want to <laughs> um, do it or like do it another day. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you did it because we were going to be doing it anyway. Like there was times where, one person would have to take the lead. So it was nice that you knew regardless that you were gonna have somebody to hold you accountable and push you to get the work done. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Has there ever been, I'm sure this happens a lot where you're just like, I just don't feel like getting hit today. (laughs) Like, you know, it's not even the running and the workout. It's like, I don't feel like getting hit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably every contact day. Nobody really likes contact, but you know it's a part of the sport and that Mm -hmm. it's a part of the training session. So it's kind of, for me, the same thing of, okay, this is going to be 20 minutes of contact. Just get it done, and then the rest of the training, you can just fly through the drills and stuff. It's Mm -hmm. kind of just having that mindset of thinking about the end goal before it's there to Mm -hmm. kind of help you motivate yourself a little bit to do it. Do you ever
0: get used to the contact, like, where you don't even think about it?
1: Um, On a – in a rugby game aspect or, like, during training when we're trying to simulate um, game-style playing, for sure you get used to it because hmm. it's instinct. It's like, I don't want her to score. I need to tackle her. Mm-hmm. But when you um, simmer it down to a smaller drill mm-hmm. and it's like – you're just tackling, only tackling, only focusing on tackling, that's a lot harder mm-hmm. to mo- find motivation to do it. What's your favorite part of the sport? Mm.
0: You can say scoring. It's okay. <laughs> You're good at that. That's fun. That's fun.
1: but it's definitely tired. <laughs> um, I think aside from scoring tries, my uh-huh. favorite thing is probably just the culture of okay. rugby. Like it's very accepting, um, very open, non-judgmental, and the fans are like they're just so loving and caring. Uh-huh. Um, That's probably, I would say, is the best thing for me. That's one of the things I look forward to during, before, and after games is interacting with um, the people who are watching us during our games, our fans, and even people who aren't our fans yet, but we're able to make them into fans just from watching us play.
0: Mm -hmm. What's What's a misconception you think people have about rugby?
1: That only men can play it? And be okay. good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you we get like, that a lot?
0: Yeah, what what do people say to you like when you say like I play professional rugby? Like, what do people say to that?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, either they say, "Oh, I didn't know women played,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: or they'll say, um, "Women aren't supposed to be playing that," or mm-hmm. they'll say, um, "Oh, is that like?" They'll try to describe it, but they'll end up describing the cross or field hockey or polo, and we're just like, "No, that's not it." that's
0: not it that's that's like some of the stuff I I don't understand the like women aren't supposed to play that I don't I don't get that
1: I think just because it's an aggressive sport and so women play other aggressive sports absolutely but I think (laughs) just on the stereotype the the idea of a woman tackling another woman versus you know soccer that's an aggressive sport in terms of like sometimes you'll run into somebody or Mm -hmm. push or stuff but tackling somebody like knocking the air out of somebody possibly creating a high chance of injuring somebody on Mm. purpose okay I think having that idea of a woman doing that based on pre-stereotypes from the past of what a woman is supposed to represent and um, be like, and what feminine is supposed to be like. Um, I feel like that isn't something very common for people who grew up back in the day, because I feel like a lot of those comments where it's like, women aren't supposed to be playing that, it's older, older women.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always yeah. older
0: women, yeah. That That's the, uh, there's that certain generation that holds on to like st- certain stereotypes of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like um, one time I was uh, I was leaving the playground with my son and my dad was with us and my dad's in his like mid seventies and uh, my son was playing with a girl and like the girl was better at like climbing the jungle gym, better at like doing all that stuff. And mm-hmm. he was, my son was saying something to my dad and my dad said like, well, it's because she's a tomboy. And my son was like, What's a tomboy? <laughs> and then my dad like explained this like two sentence thing and I like waited for him to done for be for him to be done. And I'm like, Evan, it's called a girl. She's just better than you at stuff. Like it's yeah. not like I don't know why he needed but that generation needs to like label like it's just a girl who's
1: better at stuff. Like just get over it. <laughs> and not... I never thought of it like that. I never thought <laughs> of it like that. That's all that's like yeah, I yeah. feel like all the girls on my team are like, yeah, I was a tomboy when I was younger. Yeah. And now yeah. hearing you say it like that, it's like, well, dang, that was a stereotype they created for us.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have to put the <laughs> word boy in there. No, you're just a girl who's better than boys at stuff. Like, you don't have to call it anything. You're just a girl. That's why I was like, you, she's just a girl. She's just a girl. <laughs> like, she's just yeah. good at it. Yeah. So you, it's kind of, there's a lot of things. And you feel like you look at the way things are now and you hope things are getting better. Mm-hmm. But then you, you, you look at some stuff and you think to yourself, now, if I didn't know better, and my dad really didn't say anything like to be spiteful or anything or be malicious. That's just how he was raised. And when you look at people now, you're like, well, there's still a generation that's being raised by that un- other generation. So yeah. there's going to be a person who's 18 or 19 years old who might one day come up to you and say, oh, well, you're a girl, you shouldn't be hitting other girls or whatever. Because they're being raised by that other so people yeah. are always like well once that generation goes away things will get better nah they're raising a whole nother <laughs> set just Rebel. right underneath it yeah so yeah. you gotta like kind of correct those people and say no this is you know the thing yeah so we got kind of deep there but <laughs> <laughs> um so what are um so we always talk about uh on the podcast like getting people motivated to do different types of activities if someone wanted to try rugby like if you were if there's young girls out there listening that want to give rugby a shot like how should Mm -hmm. they go about it like what should they look for
1: um so I know it's big on the west coast we have a girls rugby organization and that's Mm -hmm. for like girls from five and up Mm -hmm. um and I don't know how popular that is on the east coast um but I know they have some locations in San Diego and Colorado some of those places So my first suggestion would be to find a club team in your area. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Just, and it might not be your age range, but they may be able to help you find a club that's in your age range. Mm -hmm. That's like the first step and being able to get into a rugby environment Mm -hmm. to learn about the sport. Um, From there you can go in so many different ways. Um, You can go to college now and play rugby on a scholarship Um, your club team can take you to a big tournament and you can be scouted from there to come to a rugby camp at the training center in Chula Vista. Um, There's so many different ways to do it, but then also it's not that many ways to do it, which is kind of something that we're working on now is like building this path that is accessible to everybody versus people having to figure it out on their own. To be able to say, this is how you get to becoming a USA women's rugby player. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think we should be focusing on because it is really up in the air. Whereas the men's team, they're kind of getting that figured out Mm -hmm. um, for their side. So I think now it's up to us to make sure that it's accessible to females who want to possibly play rugby and find out what it's all about.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's, it's got to be easier now too, because like how many women are on the team?
1: Uh, we have about 24.
0: Okay. So let's say 24 and each one of them has their own Instagram account or their own Twitter. And then that reaches yeah. so many people. So it's a lot more accessible than, you know, 20 years ago where to like find yeah. that kind of stuff, you would call, you know, your local recreation department and they're like, what, <laughs> you know, yeah. but now you can kind of like do a Google search and kind of come up with stuff and maybe even start yours. In your own town you know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: one of the things that they do around here for soccer um so i live in new jersey and uh and my kids played uh local rec soccer and the uh new york new jersey red bulls the soccer team the pro soccer team they would Mm -hmm. come down and so my kids would play so there was like different age groups so like the little kids would go and they would go all the way up to like the teens and the Red Bulls would come down and Friday nights they would hold practice for the kids, like the actual professional Red Bulls would come down. Yeah. And then uh, like for my daughter, she was there for an hour. So it would be like a half hour of game, half hour of instruction from the Red Bulls. So maybe like if, you know, rugby gets around enough, you know, the women's teams could go around to other, other girls organizations and like teach that way. Or you yeah. know, like working different ways. and I don't know. I'm not trying not to. I'm not trying to solve everything, but you
2: know, he's coming up with that. No, yeah,
1: and that's something we definitely um, do a lot inter- internationally. So whenever we go to tournaments around the world on our off days, we try to go in a uh, as a team or in a small groups to schools around the area to play rugby and teach rugby to people around there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, that's something we. Need to start doing more in our own country
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: it's a lot easier to do it in the countries outside of the U.S. Just because rugby's a lot bigger over there, there's a lot more interest. Mm -hmm. Um, here it's a lot harder to um get those opportunities. So I think we just need to really focus on how we can create that stuff here because we have camps. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I have my own camp that's like um, females only to Mm -hmm. create a safe and comfortable environment for. Um, women and little girls to learn how to play rugby enjoy playing rugby and grow in that realm of sport but Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of work Mm -hmm. that needs to be done why do you think
0: uh, I mean it's really hard for other sports to catch on here like why do you think is it because girls are already playing other sports is it because they don't know that it's available like what is it
1: they don't know it's available Mm -hmm. um they're playing other sports as you said there's so many um other sports that are a lot bigger in the u.s and have a more structured system and organization than rugby does right now Mm -hmm. um a lot of parents don't want their daughters playing a contact sport at a young age okay um Yeah, I think those would be the main things. And just the availability of organizations and club teams for younger girls around their areas. Mm -hmm.
0: I got to be honest, uh, uh, thinking about like rugby as compared to some of the other female sports, I feel like it looks a lot safer than say like field hockey because I've seen Mm -hmm. some of the girls like swinging sticks and that ball is hard.
2: Like yeah,
0: that's a, that scares me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it kind of like makes me nervous when I when I see that. Like I don't know if my daughter will be into that kind of thing, but like mm. if she is, I'm gonna be like I don't know. Maybe I'll push her towards rugby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Please do. I mean, she yeah, already. I don't
0: know. She already beats the crap out of her brother. <laughs> <laughs> and she's pretty good at tackling him, and he's older. So maybe I'll just like kind of encourage her to do that.
1: Yeah. I think it would be something fun for her at least to experience and try. She may not like it, but at least, you know, she tried and had the opportunity to do something that she possibly could be really good at. Yeah. Well,
0: see, I've learned with my kids, and I think a lot of parents out here, out there will understand this. I can't say to her, Hey, we're going to go watch a women's rugby game or match uh, because that's automatically like shut down. So what I have to do is I have to put something on TV and just start watching it without her around and she will walk in and go what are you watching (laughs) and then that's what gets her involved because as soon as i say i want you to see this okay kids zone out so if i put something on tv then she kind of comes in and i'll be like well these are women playing rugby so i think that's Mm -hmm. what that's my move i think that's my move (laughs) (laughs) so uh
1: real quick uh two things before i let you go nigh on fire what's that um, that's my brand right now. Okay. Not right now, but forever. Um, okay. My mom's best friend, um, her and my mom love to rap,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they're from New York. So they kind of, that's their thing. And so when I was younger, my mom's best friend would call me Nigh on Fire because it rhymed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I kind of forgot about it for a while. And then as I was starting to look past how I can have more of an impact away from the field mm-hmm. and how I can build my social media and my brand. I realized I needed a name
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, Nigh On Fire made sense just because of my speed and, you know, they have the flames on the cleats and it just all made sense. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of started from back in the day and something that, um, rose back up and I've been taking advantage of since. I like it. I like it. Yeah.
0: And then uh, my final question: Did you ever go back to that high school coach? Does he know? I mean, I'm sure he knows that you play.
1: He is my stepdad.
0: <laughs> oh wait a minute! <laughs> wait, wait! <laughs> I like how you just casually <laughs> drop that in.
2: <laughs> so yes, he does know. <laughs> and he's the biggest
1: fan ever.
0: <laughs> so wait, did that happen after? Like, how did that? What?
1: Um. So um him and my mother started dating maybe my last year of high school oh man so he's been around for, in my life for a long time
0: <laughs> that is actually amazing <laughs>
1: that is actually such a good story so
0: he definitely does know
1: <laughs> yeah so he's, now he like brags about it like do you know do you know my stepdaughter nadi capper she's a rugby player i'm like well you're the one who it wouldn't happen if it wasn't up to you <laughs> that is a great
0: story that's amazing yeah. Um, yeah. anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? Um, I'll, pl- I'll plug all your social media stuff, you know, yeah. in the article, uh, but like anything else you, anything that's on your mind that you want to talk about or.
1: Um, I would just say, um, if you're listening to follow my YouTube channels, I have okay. ab workout videos on there. I have mm-hmm. a kind of interview, um, segment where I interview my teammates so that the world can get a better and look about those people if they may not be able to see them on the field or mm. get into who they are off the field mm. um i also have a new website up where i'm selling a lot of my Nye on fire t-shirt merch so if mm-hmm. you're listening also go to my website at nightapper.com and mm. follow me on all my social media platforms at Niath Tapper.
0: I saw you have Nia's Ab Club. Is that like a hard club to get into? How do I get, do I have to have abs to get in that club? (laughs) Nope, it's open to everybody. It's open to everybody? Okay, because if you have to show abs, I'll be like, I'll just, I'll just, we
1: do have like an ab check, but Uh abs is, I mean, abs are hard. Everybody's abs is different. Uh-huh. Like, I've seen so many different forms of abs. I've seen one big
2: ab. I've seen- <laughs> Wait, one big ab? How do you get one big ab? <laughs> That's undigested pizza. That's not an ab. <laughs> Basically.
0: How do you, what, what exercises do you do to get one big ab? <laughs> pizza. Eat pizza. pizza. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I, a lot of people don't um, understand that, like, the ab thing. You could do crunches. you're like blue in the face No, yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's made in the kitchen like it's what you're eating it's what you know that kind of stuff yeah it's a combination of a lot of different things yeah I mean you should do the ab works out but like you can't like do 500 crunches and then go and eat pizza and like you're you're not going
1: to get abs you have a flat stomach as you get get older for sure but like in high school you definitely could do that
0: yeah well yeah that's not even (laughs) fair like I wish I knew In high school, that I just had to put out a little bit of effort. And, it and then okay. maintain that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's see what it, I'm
0: doing. In high school, or not even in high school, like when I was a little kid, I used to watch a lot of wrestling and I had like the Hulk Hogan weight set. So I would just do like bicep curls all day. And like, I was like in seventh grade and I had like these giant biceps, but like the rest of me was like nothing. And I was like, do the Hulk Hogan workout. And, like I didn't know. There's so many things like, I just didn't know as a kid. A lot of kids don't. So. Yeah. But Naya, thanks. I, I really enjoy talking to you and good luck with everything. And, and I wish you the best. Thank you so
1: much. Have a great
2: day. And that brings another episode of We Run This to a Close. Nick and I want to thank everybody for
0: listening. If you love the podcast, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. And remember to follow Nick and I on social media. He's at It's Nick Domingo and I'm at Chris Limonotti on Twitter. Or follow us both on Instagram at
2: we run this underscore pod. Until next time, see everybody out there.